Dinosaur awesome Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello, everybody. This is the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our midweek special where we talk news and reviews. Wednesday, 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 the best day of the week. First, we'll be dealing with the news, and then we'll go on to reviewing, and this week, reviewing Sing Street and Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. A little twist of the unusual into this very usual podcast. Um, as as we haven't done it in a few weeks, let's start with our Pokemon Go update. No, fuck you, man. <laughs> no. I just got a Gyarados, literally two minutes before recording. I'm just in the middle of writing a strongly worded email to Niantic so they need to sort their shit out because this app doesn't work properly. Yeah, what's changed since the last time we told you about Pokemon Go is Alex, you've started playing. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to mention this. <laughs> I even opened with a song. Should we go to the news? <laughs> Andy, what's happening this week in the world of news? Have I depressed you again? Just just give me the headlines, bro. Okay, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> the biggest bit of news um, from this week, Rogue One released its full trailer. Um, mm-hmm. You've seen this now? Yeah, I watched it today with Mark. Yeah, what did you think? It looks you, fine. Unfortunately, you can't see that facial expression on the podcast. It, okay, sorry. Uh, the facial it's got like a disgruntled like, turtle. Yeah, I, I, as all of my facial expressions resemble some form of turtle, it was obviously going to be a turtle. Uh, yes, it was slightly disgruntled. Uh, it looks fine. It doesn't... I don't know. I feel like I've lost a lot of faith with the Star Wars films after J.J. Abrams has come on board and done what he did. The last one just didn't do anything for me. This one looks like it will be... There'll be more of the same for certain bits, but I, I, it could be an interesting story, I guess. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. It looked pretty cool. Like, um, I really liked the effects. You know, but the problem is, I was speaking to Mark about this um, the other day, and I agree with him in a way, which is this film seems unnecessary because we know where these characters end up. We know what happens. They show a glimpse of Darth Vader at the yeah. end, and you're like, "But we know what happens to Vader. He's in the next film." Yeah, like there's no way he's going to be killed off in this film. There's no way there's going to be any danger where it looks like they might be winning against him because ultimately he wins. You know, there's no we, point. We know go, the end point of what happens to these plans. Well, there's no point where you go, "Oh, I wonder if they don't manage to steal these plans." No, yeah. they they manage to steal them because they have them in the first film. Yeah, so it's more about just telling the story for the sake of telling the story rather than telling the story because it's a good story to tell. It's just like, well, it. It'll make money. It'll make money. And this is the thing. With Disney saying there's going to be a new Star Wars film every year until the end of the world, (laughs) then you're going to get these stories. I think you'll very quickly see that they've run out of steam and they'll have to revisit the old expanded universe. They'll have to go back and say, okay, so these are the books or the stories that got really, really good fan, um, fan dedication behind them and fan support behind them. Maybe we should start looking at these and saying maybe we should do these as stories. I hope so. So, the, but the problem there is that you you've then set up uh, again a lot of those take place within the original universe's world and involve characters from that original universe. So then you're having to replace them because you can't have Carrie Fisher pretending to be Carrie Fisher from 1981. Well, this is why they cast Young, they well, like Young Han Solo, for example. Well, this is the thing you can you can do the origin stories, but you can't do any of the stories that take place in the timeline. That we've already seen. So between yeah. episodes four and six, unless it's Vader, because it's easy to get yeah, a man in yeah. a tin it's, pot it's suit. It's fine if you get any any sort of alien or droid or anything like that. But as soon as you get anything that's visible, where you go, that doesn't look like Mark Hamill, or yeah. that doesn't look like uh, Carrie Fisher. 
that's when you start getting problems because some of the most well-regarded ones of these stories are within that sort of time frame and at least contain one or two of those characters. So the problem there is how do you do those stories justice because people will get furious if you don't include those characters as part of it if they play a pivotal role. Um, but it's all, you know, it does feel unnecessary in the sense that it's, we, I th- we know exactly how this goes. I wonder if we'll get Star Wars Burnout. Yeah, I, well, I think you will. I think you will within probably before the end of the franchise films, before the end of the next three franchise. Uh, you know, you've got the two more of the franchise to come. Like, Mark made a good point. The reason they're doing this is because they spent a shitload of money on buying the rights to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and now they need to make it back. But my theory on this is. If you make a Star Wars film, it's going to make you money. Yeah. So why don't they go, um, start episode seven, mm-hmm. two years later episode eight, two years later episode nine, four year break. Mm-hmm. And then go 10, 11, yeah. 12 in the same order and make just the event films. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, it's a shame that you won't get Expanded Universe, but that's what your books are for. That's what your games are for. Mm, and that's you do have you... to accept that none of those are canon anymore. Well, you make canon. You make... You make them canon, but basically, if you want, it's pretty much what you did with the original trilogy. If you want to know more outside that original trilogy, you go and explore it. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's there if if you want the option, and it's good to have the option. I think. But do you think Rogue One will do well? I think it will do exceptionally well. I think it's a Star Wars film, so it will sell lots of tickets and it will make a lot of money, and they'll make lots of money in toys. And all the critics will be like, "Yeah, Star Wars is back." I, I think the critics might enjoy it. I think they will. You've got good people in it. You've got respected people in it, number one, that's important. I, th- I think it'll do fine. I think it may well do better critically than... Uh... Do you think you'll enjoy it? No. <laughs> I, I feel like I won't. <laughs> Going in open-minded, though. Yeah, yeah, of course, as always. Uh, so what else has been going on in the news? Um, here's one. Dolph Lundgren... Yes, we all remember him from the 80s. ...is going to be an Arrow... Okay, let me guess. He's going to play either a villain or a villain's henchman. Or Dolph Lundgren. As himself. I don't know. Uh, oh, do we not know that he's... Uh, I didn't read the article, I just said the headline and wondered, if Dolph Lundgren gets into this universe, yeah. will that get you back on board with Arrow? No, probably not, because it's still ultimately a soap drama, a soap opera thing. It's It feels like EastEnders. It is like EastEnders. There's less interesting things going on. And more Arrows. Ian Beale's beard. What if Ian Beale got cast in Arrow? I'd absolutely watch every episode. And he's playing Ian Beale. I was discussing because... this this weekend with someone and saying, if EastEnders turned into half-hour episodes of just Ian Beale trying to avenge his dead child, <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> like, we already know that... Spoiler alert, for anyone who isn't interested in EastEnders, it's, uh, just Google Ian Beale and you will not be sad. Uh, <laughs> or, or Google sad Ian Beale. And he, he will be all the sad that you'd ever need. <laughs> Uh, basically, one of his kids killed his other kid, and I want to watch a half-hour episode of just him dealing with the grief, and then going out and becoming the Batman of uh, East End London. <laughs> In his Beale's wheels machine. Yeah, that's the Batmobile. That's the Beale-mobile. <laughs> but what if Dolph Lundgren appeared in that? Beale Man begins. The Beale Man rises. <laughs> Beale Man returns. Yep. Beale Man forever. Beale Man end. Uh, Phil Mitchell. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't listen to EastEnders, this is listen to EastEnders. Uh, so that's my next episode of this Sunday podcast will be my pitch for Ian Beale as Batman. Uh, I've also seen... So Flash ended with... Ah. Uh, 
the start of the Flashpoint basically goes back and I know Flashpoint. Saves. Hey, don't even worry about it because I know there's comic books that you're you talking do? about. Good. Flashpoint was the uh, big thing that started off the new Fifty Two. Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing it in the TV series. Whoa, well, that's crazy. And what they're saying is it would affect both Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. There's too many of these. Supergirl's now. on now. Supergirl's in the same network now. What's this? What's Supergirl? Talk me through it. Is it Superman but a lady? Yeah, yeah, it's Lady Superman. Is she a relative? Yeah, Supergirl. Of Superman? Is she a relative of him? Yeah. It's his cousin. You say this as if I should know who Supergirl is. It's his cousin. It's his cousin. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but the same base is going to affect Why is she everything. Superwoman? Why is she Supergirl? Don't know. He's not Superboy, is he? Yeah. How about that there super glass Superboy. ceiling, mate? She's never going to break through. <laughs> Made a kryptonite, mate. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. She's got no chance. I bet Superman, his one's made of steel, something like that. He can punch through it, right? <laughs> Probably made of paper, his one. <laughs> too good for too long, the male superheroes. The boy Wonder, that's the only one. Robin is the only one who, who gets the same boy? treatment. Super, there's a super boy as well. Yeah. This is why I can't get on board with it all. Super boy. <laughs> Super There's also Crypto the Superdog. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. Superdog. Crypto the Superdog. No. Yep. No. Yep. No. Yep. No. It cannot be. <laughs> it genuinely is. Why would they do that? Okay, right. Hey, Andy, did you know that they've confirmed some names to be in uh, Ocean's <laughs> 8? <laughs> Smooth. They're at, they have. Okay, who have they confirmed? It's just that off the top of my head. Okay, yeah, tell me. I've, tell me. I memorised them earlier. <laughs> okay, tell me who you memorised. Anne Hathaway. Pretty good pull. Yeah. Oscar winner. Yeah. I think. Also in a Batman film, so... Yeah. Beale Man Begins. No, Beale Man Rises. <laughs> uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Oscar nominee? Ugh. I think. Is this directed by Tim Burton? Uh, it's directed by the guy who's directing it. Uh, <laughs> somebody, someone. George Wells. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Ocean 8. Kate uh, Blanchett's in it. Yeah. Rihanna. Rihanna. Everyone's favourite because Battleship did so well. <laughs> uh, and Mindy Kaling uh, is also um, confirmed. Yeah. I'm excited. I am. I, I think I'm, it, no, the, it's Gary Ross who's directing it. I am, but I'm not at the same time. Like It's going to be great to see all those people on mm-hmm. screen together. But why does it need to be an Ocean's film? But do you have a love for the Ocean series? I've never really watched them, but I. It, this, basically, I, I want um, to. See... Can I tell you why it needs to be an Ocean's film? Money. <laughs> money, money, money. Do you not understand this? Right, this is like our 50th episode. If you don't understand <laughs> now that films have no rival reason other than money, especially these sort of films, then you clearly haven't learned anything but, from the lessons I've tried to impart on you. Why can't we just have a film would be with nice, that wouldn't cast? It? That isn't nice original story, not yeah. connected to anything else, not in. It's the, the same, same thing that happened with Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I want to see those people on screen, but shame Sony need money. McCarthy, but hey, she did all right. Yeah, it's not a best thing, but it's not a worst thing. Oh no, there's much worse Melissa McCarthy performances. You've seen Tammy? Look at any Melissa McCarthy performance? Hey, Bridesmaids is okay. Yeah, I've not seen. It, I don't care. You seem very dismissive of this woman. <laughs> For someone who seemingly now, I'm starting to realise, maybe you haven't ever watched one of her films. <laughs> Is this a great thing that I've rumbled? You're just there like, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't ever know which one was Middleton McCarthy. Okay, so, yes, the problem is, 
it's oceans, which means that it yeah. feels like they're going to have to try and tie it back to Ocean's Eleven. Well, the thing is... This means I have to watch three films before I go into this one. No, it doesn't. You really don't have to watch the originals. And even then, you have to watch the original Ocean's Eleven. I wasn't Ocean's there. Ocean's Eleven, Eleven 12, 13. Uh, I don't know if there was a 13. I thought, I thought Clooney did three. Okay. And then you get the what, the Frank, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra ones. One, yeah. I have to watch... It was just one, I believe. I've got too many films I've got to watch before I go watch this one film. But Ocean's Eleven is Why worth watching. Why is this Ocean's watching. Eight? Ocean's Eleven is worth watching. Why is this Ocean's Eight? Why does There's it only not eight watch... of them. But it was called The Hateful Eight, not The Hateful Eleven. <laughs> Dickhead, come on. Get your head screwed on. Obviously you didn't watch Hateful One through to Seven. Oh, was there, was there other installments in the <laughs> yeah, yeah. series? It tells all the interesting stuff. But none of them were directed by Tarantino, weirdly. He just came on board and went, I'll do the Eighth. All Michael Bay up until then. Between Michael Bay and Uwe Ball. Oh, what talent. <laughs> okay, so it's got a good cast. Yeah, no, no I would want to see that cast. That's and, what I'm saying. Hey, I want to see that cast together. The Ocean films aren't particularly brilliant films, but they're good crime capers. They're fun. I'd like to see what Helen Bonham Carter can do outside of Tim Burton's grasps now. So you're excited about that? Cool. Yeah, I'll give it a go. It's been a slow news week, let's I've be got, honest. I've got f- you, you say that every week. It has! The Rogue One trailer. Uh, give a shit about Rogue One, mate. Just because you don't give a shit doesn't mean other people don't. All right. If you give a shit about Star Wars Rogue One, write it down on a postcard and send it to your own asshole, mate. Because I don't want to hear. <laughs> Some people really interested in had Dolph Lundgren going had him to coming Arrow. in there, didn't I? Had him coming in, getting my sweet treats that I was handing out, and then boom, punched him in the face with a up your own asshole. Uh, but seriously, do comment and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and rate but only if you like me okay so uh, have you got any more news this week I did have something written down but I That's all right. to unlock my phone we've done a lot of chat so <laughs> what we'll do is we'll move on we'll do our review section now okay so Andy <laughs> for once has seen a film that I haven't seen I saw Money Monster a couple of yeah, weeks ago but, but one that I was like really excited to see when it came out and just didn't get around to seeing so I wasn't that excited, clearly. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so you saw Sing Street. Yes. Okay. What do you? What is your brief summary of it? Um, Give me a non-spoiler thirty-second plot. Okay. Uh, it's it's a very basic plot. Yep. It's a kid goes to a new school. Yep. Uh, because parents have money problems. Feel right to this. Um, and it's he goes from a, a well-educated school to a ruffian's. Society. It's set also in Ireland. It's like a mirror of my life in your um, life. And when he gets there, he has a bit of a tough time. But he sees like the most beautiful girl he's ever seen, Jenny Booth. And <laughs> and he's and his mate goes, "Oh, nobody speaks to her. She doesn't speak to anyone." So he goes and has a word with her. Absolutely, Jenny Booth. Um, she tells him he's a mod. She's a model, and his response says, "Do you want to be my music video?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." Gives him a number. He goes over to back to his mate. He's like, "We, we need to form a band." band. Excellent, <laughs> and it's it's just this really nice setup, but it's basically mm-hmm. the story of his band kind of growing and learning while he's trying to win this girl. Sure, and at the same time, he's kind of mentored by his brother. Um, he goes back to his brother all the time, and he's like, "Oh, um, I need to think about this." His brother will be like, "Oh, here's some homework," and just gives him some vinyls. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's an incredible film. Mm-hmm. I loved every single moment of it. Like I said, I, it sounds. Like such a silly basic plot, but when you watch it, and it all comes together. It's incredible. It's 
it's got all these original songs. Like I've been listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Like the soundtrack's incredible. Not only does it have these eighties songs, because it's all set in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Not only does it have um these eighties songs, but it has these original compositions as well. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Um and the guy who plays the main character, Connor's brother, is the same guy who is the rally driver sex pest from Transformers Four. And I watched this film and I'm like how are you the same person? Yeah, I'll tell you how. Because he's incredible Michael in this. Bay. Like he's actually incredible, and there's this genuine emotion, emotional moments where, like, I'm not going to spoil what happens throughout the film, but there's there's a moment where he kind of has this real kind of moment to shine, mm-hmm. and he nails it. Yeah. Um, and I loved I loved every moment of this film. It, it's funny. It's yeah. it's all seen from the child's eyes as well. You know, it's it's. Some of the best child acting I've seen in a long time. You know, all these actors are about 15, 16. Yeah. So, you know, like teenage acting, really. Um, but the like the guy, who, the main guy who um, you watch through, like Connor, um, I'm not sure what the actor's name is, but um, he, he has this way of showing kind of embarrassment and um, kind of youthful fragility. Mm-hmm that you can really associate with. You're like, I remember feeling that. And what's really nice is, for a film that's about a band, his voice isn't perfect. Yeah. Because if it was, it wouldn't be it wouldn't believable. Fit, because it's about bedroom bands that then... Yeah, exactly. And, and no bedroom band has ever had a front man who's stage ready. Like this, you see him progress and it's amazing. Mm. But his voice has this kind of... Um, Ferdy and Walsh pillow. There you go. There you are. Um, he's got this innocence in his voice um, where it's not quite... A man's voice, but it's about a voice that's just learning the world. Yeah, um, and it's it's really nice. And what I love most about this film is it's a huge homage to the eighties. Yeah, um, like when he learns about a new style of music, like his brother sitting down and you're showing him um, Duran Duran, you talk about how this bass, the bassist is John Taylor or something, is the greatest um, bassist of his time, but he's just really underappreciated. And then the next time you see him. His style has changed to look like yeah. he might be in a Duran Duran style band, and the song they do is kind of Duran Duran style inspired. Yeah. And then they talk about this whole the whole idea of being happy sad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bit about being happy sad, which is really nice. But then he finds out about the Cure through that, and the next time you see him, he's, he's he looks Smith like he's, yeah, he looks yeah. like he's in the Cure, and you're like, "This is." And every time it changed, it made me smile. But what I like is all the adults are pricks, mm. and you go, "Yes, they are pricks." So, but these are adults who are dealing with things that us as adults, we understand. Mm. But looking from a child's perspective, you're like, no, you are just being absolute dicks here. Yeah. And your big actors are like, you've got... Um, Peter Hayden Gibbons in it, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. The guy who played Peter Baelish in Game of Thrones, he's in it. And he hardly gets any time on the screen. But I'm happy not to see him. Yeah. Because by concentrating more on what's happening there, it takes you away from what was really um, a love story, but also a story about family, about um, two brothers, really. Mm. They're your kind of focal point. But no, I absolutely love this film. Good. I, it's potentially my film of the year. Okay, so and it's it, a very strong entry into this year. Absolutely. And I thought nothing would have seen Creed. Mm, um, it's, it's held that seat for seven, eight months. Now. What I'm starting to realise is maybe I just really like films with music in it. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe you should rewatch Rock of Ages and see if you enjoy it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's great. And also it's got one of my favourite moments of the year. There's a, there's a whole sequence in the school gym. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Um, but 
If you get a chance, it's John Carney who did it, wasn't John it? John Carney, yeah, the guy who did once and begin again. If you get a chance, please watch this film. It won't be for everybody, and I know the ending will confuse some people or they'll think it's a bit weird, uh, or it won't make sense, but I think it kind of fitted perfectly. Okay. Um, you know, it's a film about chasing your dreams, basically, and basically doing it with somebody you want to be with, mm-hmm. and however that take, however that takes you. And I, I implore you, if you get a chance to watch it, Please watch it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't blame me. Mm-hmm. But please just try it. Blame me. Blame probably, you. It's probably my fault. Uh, so Absolutely recommend it. All right. 100%. Okay. So, while we're speaking about homages to the 80s. Yes. I've watched Stranger Things. I've not started. Stranger Things is a new Netflix original series um, created by um, the Duffer Brothers, who I don't know who these guys are. Don't know Never. anything about them. But they've come out of nowhere with a film, a, a, a film, a, a series, which essentially, it feels like it's straight out of the 80s. I mean, it's set in the 80s, mm-hmm. but the feel of the film, uh, the feel of the series is very 1980s. Like, the way it's shot, um, all the language, all the relationships are very 1980s sort of They gave Winona Ryder a part. Yeah, they gave Winona the 80s. Well, no, come on now. That's 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 unkind to her. She's not that old. She's <laughs> she's a nineties actress. But again, speaking of, um, this is a series that focuses a lot of its time on children mm-hmm. and on the the way children look at problems and the way that children see the world at that age. So it's interesting to see that Sing Street all is seen through the child's eyes. Now, this is separate. This separates into sort of you follow the friends of a boy who's gone missing and you follow their sort of adventure in trying to get him back and find out where he is. But then you also witness the mother trying to deal with this and trying to rationalize herself and trying to work out why weird things keep on happening and what relationship that has to the fact that her son's gone missing. Yeah. It's got really powerful, powerful performances. Number one from Winona Ryder, who does a really good job. However, the kids are fantastic. I've heard this. The, ca- the kids, I, I, I can't understand how they've got such good actors. And there's four main kids who, they blow it out of the park. Every episode, they all have a little time to shine and they all have really great lines. What the Duffer Brothers have really done well is they've, they've nailed that dynamic between the children and the way they interact with each other and the mm-hmm. way they talk. The language between the kids is believable. Like, you're watching it and you're going, this feels like it's just a fly-on-the-wall documentary yeah. about a band of kids. Um, it's very it's very Spielbergian. It's very sort of... Um, it feels quite E.T.-ish. There's, there's little... What I really love about it is, as a fan of horror cinema, there's a lot of references to horror films of that era. Yeah. And horror literature and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting to be watching it and be like, oh, okay, that quote is something that comes from uh, Thingy. It comes from uh, The Shining or that comes from a Stephen King novel or something like that. Stuff like that. And you just think, that's great. It's great that you're able to pay homage to it, but then also at the same time, you've kind of got these own original stories coming in. Yeah, it's and... kind of creating a homage by... But also doing your own thing. Yeah, and so it feels a bit like a sort of twisted Steven Spielberg film, but sort of a darker one 
that explores supernatural goings on. Like Steven Spielberg and Stephen King high five, and this was created. Yeah, essentially, yeah. It feels like Steven Spielberg directed a Stephen King book. Yeah. That's, that's what it feels like. Because uh, it's, it's essentially, at its heart, a coming-of-age tale. But it's also about how children deal with grief, how children deal with uh, loss and stuff like that. So, again, it's one I'd heartily recommend in terms of, if you've got Netflix, definitely give it a watch. I'd say it's probably best not to binge it because each episode is interesting enough on its own it's for you to go away, think about it, talk to your friends about it. If you're watching it with other people, really, really enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot of love that's gone into this film. And again, you talk about the soundtrack. The soundtrack to this is just perfect. What Mark was saying earlier, he said there's um, a really great soundtrack to mm. this. I mean, all set in the 1980s, so you've got a lot of 1980s stuff in there. Um, uh, one of my favourite covers of all time is um, Peter Gabriel covering Heroes by David Bowie. Mm. That comes in, I think, in the third episode uh, over sort of the end credit. And it's just like the last couple of minutes of the show are, are with that playing on in the background. And it's just really nice to hear songs like yeah. that, uh, The Clash, stuff like that. You've just got a real feel of the 1980s in this. And it, it just feels like they've got together and gone, we should make something that really celebrates that time and that celebrates being a child, that celebrates the, the bonds you have as a kid. It's a really important series, I think, if you're, if you're feeling sad or you're feeling... If you feel like you've lost touch with people mm -hmm. and stuff like that, it's a great series to watch because it will make you realise that those sort of bonds are very special and that sort of, in the time, they are so sort of, they're everything to you. You know, yeah. you had those friends who meant the world to you and no one was allowed into your little group. <laughs> and that that really came across in that. And yeah. I, I can't, I, I, you know, it's only eight episodes as well, so it doesn't so feel like it's tight. a huge investment. It's a really well-told story, and they do wrap it up at Does the end. Does that work better? Do you think if they'd done the standard Netflix thing for 13 episodes, it would have been too much? I think 13 would have been too much, unless you'd cut it down to like half-hour episodes, but then you can't fit as much as you want. You can't focus on the mothers and the kids' story. Yeah. So I think eight episodes is fine. The, the biggest problem they could do now is if they went and made a second series, because I really feel like... Oh, they've already commissioned it. Have they? Um, but apparently it's not going to follow the same storyline. I think it's going to be a bit like what True Detective do, where they have right, okay. so they're completely separate, that's, but within the same vein of what the first is. That's fine, but just be cautious, because if they do start meddling around with any of the stuff from this series, I feel like they're going to... But I'd say that, on the face of it, you can leave these characters well enough alone. I'd say I've heard two things. There's one that they're doing a second season of Stranger Things, where it's basically outside of this, but I've also heard the Stranger Things creator... Is also doing something with Robert Downey Jr. Okay, um, which is completely separate. So right. I'm sure whatever they do, well, I look forward to it then because I think they are they're talented and it's a really well rounded series. So a good week this week. Uh, it's next... nice to talk about things that we enjoy. Mm, yeah, it it's is. Really After nice. being so negative of recent weeks, is this is the thing? Look, this year has been an up and down one. There's been a lot yeah. of crap this year. However. Some of my favourite films of recent years have come out in 2016, and I'm really excited about our end-of-year podcast that we do, mainly because I've got a lot I want to discuss. We'll get to that when it comes, but it would be nice to actually praise some other films and say... This so is ones we haven't that... mentioned up until now, because yeah. we haven't done these kind of episodes. Yeah. Um, but next week it should be... Uh, I'll be seeing The Shallows. You're going to try and see, gonna see The Shallows tomorrow, so um, we'll have at least a review of that, maybe something else. Yeah, I'll try and get to see something. Um but I think that's pretty much it for this week. I'm going to go see Nerve. That's what I'm going to go see. You're going on your own because I really have no interest in that <laughs> film. 
Like, I like Dave Franco as much as the next guy, but Jeepers. No, thank you. I just don't want to see it. No interest. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to have to leave it today. Um, yeah, as ever, let us know on Twitter if you've watched if you've watched any of the su- suggestions we've given you even over the previous weeks. Why don't you tell us on Twitter at DinosaurMan15 or on Facebook. Faceback. Faceback. Faceback um, at Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. If you have watched all of Stranger Things, please no spoilers for Andy. He has not seen any of it. But let us know what you think, especially if you've seen Sing Street, because I want to know what other people think. Yeah. Maybe I've just massively over- <laughs> overreacted. But I've I don't know. All I'm hearing is positive stuff, so I think you're in the majority on this one. Um, thank you to Johnny Neves, as ever, for the theme song. Please rate and subscribe. subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. You know, it helps us be seen by more people. Um, until next time, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Andy. And remember, don't go 1980s crazy. Dinosaur. Dinosaur man.